Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Now, the doctor's in the house today. And if you've ever thought small, you're about to have your mind expanded. <laughs> Amen. Perhaps you can help him with this, Alex. There we go. I so appreciate this man of God. He has been kind of in and out of our family for many years, as I was uh, telling him today. Uh, he married the parents of a good friend of ours who came and lived with us when we were teenagers, Tim Leslie. And uh, what such a blessing, and he's been in and out of my life. So if, and Tim's older than me. So that was a while ago. <laughs> you know, it's, it's strange when you realize that you have 50-year-old memories and you weren't a baby. And, uh, <laughs> but we go on. And, and he's precious soul. He travels the world still. So when some of you are thinking, well, I've got gray hair, I'm done. No. You might just be starting. You're definitely not done. Amen. God is so good, and we are very blessed to have him in our midst. We have prayed and believed that what you're about to receive, that God has prepared your hearts today so that you can think bigger. We have a few people this morning who started to think big because they've realized when you're forgiven, it makes room for other things to be deposited. Amen. When you're not all clogged up with yesterdays and sin, it makes room for today and tomorrow. Amen. Would you please stand upon your feet and welcome this precious man of God. This young man. We love you so very much. This is my favorite commissioner. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Yell if you need a hand. Bless you all. You may be seated. It's going to have to be. Thanks. It's a real privilege to be here on Easter Sunday. Most pastors do not like to release their pulpit on uh, special occasions, but your pastor is very loving to me, and I respect this church, and I want you to know that God is not finished with you yet. Amen. And I see through the eye of faith the Gwen Drager Memorial Cathedral out here. Amen. Amen. Amen, because chickens die down to the size of the coop. Hello. We're going to grow, yeah. and we're going to increase Amen. and enlarge Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I can speak from experience. I'm 87 years old, and God still allows me the privilege of being a nuisance to the devil. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Now, I don't have uh, many left. But this is the, Ramadan's just about over. But I brought some, these are the most authentic prayer guides every year they put out to pray for Muslims. 
and we have 100,000 Muslims in our city, and we're working on them. In fact, we've had 11 families receive Jesus this year. Yes. And um, that'll be another uh, story if I ever get invited back. Hello? I'm sorry, uh, Mrs. McKay, that uh, this is what I used in Christian Life Center, and the one I made for this church, I left in Calgary. But the message is clear. We are, a first of all, a Christian community. Secondly, we're dedicated to sharing the message of Jesus Christ. This is the place where you can develop your spiritual gifts. Amen. Amen. And serving in ministry and exalting God's name. Hallelujah. That's the five ministries of this church. Amen. And we don't need to forget it. God Amen. has a plan for us. Yes. Anybody home? God uses setbacks to move us forward. A year ago, I was in the hospital, and they told me that I had cancer. I had a growth on my liver. And I said, well, I believe in the healing stripes. The doctor was from India. And so you know how he received me. <laughs> but I went to church on Sunday and not known all the pilgrims gathered around me and laid hands on me and rebuked the cancer in Jesus' name, Amen. and I'm still in remission. Amen. 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 Yes. You see, symptoms and circumstances do not rule our lives. Amen. The word of the Lord does. Amen. So what you do what you can with what you have and where you are. Now, this is an interesting story. You notice what John Rockefeller said? I, uh, Holy Mother, read it out loud. I never would have been able to tithe the first million dollars I ever made if I had not tithed my first salary, which was $1.50 per week. Wow. And wow. it's very interesting that his mother taught him how to tithe. She gave him 10 cents and said, now you have to put one cent on the plate on Sunday. Amen. That's true. Amen. Okay. Uh, this is my favorite subject next to salvation. <laughs> so let's all read it together. Amen. Tithing must, must begin, begin with the heart, not, not with, with the head, head not, not with, with the pocketbook. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, if your heart is right, what will it do? Tithing is the... That's right. Puts you in a position where God can bless you. Number three. Solves your money problems by turning them over to God. Number four. Brings the satisfaction of being obedient to God. Number five. Put God where he belongs first. Six. Brings the assurance you are doing God's written will. Amen. 
now. It's called taking steps of faith. Amen. You see, you never wait till you have the money. <laughs> Hello. I'm gonna I'm now about gonna show something to you that'll blow your mind that's happened to me in the last year. You know, I I preach every Sunday on the longest Christian radio station, uh, radio network in Can Western Canada. Um, it's been going for over 80 years. Wow, praise the Lord. And now we're on 19 countries in Africa. Praise the Lord. And to top it all off, God helped us to buy seven radio stations wow. in Zambia. That's, so this is what I want to show you. I'm not soliciting, I'm just reporting. Amen. Okay, brother, next. Here's Zambia. It's an inland country. And uh, it's a very interesting story. Next. Okay. This property is in the capital of Lusaka, where it says One Love Radio. That used to be the British Embassy. Wow. <laughs> and the British Embassy came up for sale. And the communist government of China was buying the property. And I heard about it. And I said, we can't allow that to happen. Amen. Amen. We're going to take a step of faith. Amen. I didn't have any money. You never do. <laughs> you take a step of faith. And so what happened was, whoops, just, okay. I'm now on all these stations. I own all these stations in Africa. Praise the Lord. And, okay, next, brother. This is our radio station. It's a beautiful property, as you can see. It's about five acres in the heart of Lusaka. And we just finished building. We have just completed building a, uh, apartments for all the staff. We have 50 on the staff. Wow. Next, please. There's the girl. There, there's one of the studios. The girl in the middle came to Canada because of a dead preacher. His name was David Maines. Oh, wow. Can you remember that far back in history? <laughs> you must have come out of the ark with Noah. Yeah. <laughs> so let me tell you what happened. That girl came to Huntley Street, and when they, David Maines had the training school to teach others from around the world, she took the course, she went back to Zambia, and started this ministry. Wow. Next, please. Oh, this is another interesting story. Anyways... <clears throat> How were we going to buy that property? I, uh, I sent out a letter to 20 friends saying, I don't ask, I just report. And uh, a trucker in northern Manitoba heard about it. I didn't solicit him. And you know what happened? 
he sent me $75,000. Wow, praise the Lord. Yeah, that's a miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. Especially when it's third-hand reporting. So I wired the money to Lusaka the day before the communists were going to buy the property. And I told them, I said, in 30 days, I'll have the rest of the money. And that was $250,000. And everybody said, Father Lucas is a lunatic. He can't do it. But you know, I read in True Story magazine, the King James Version, that with God, all things are possible. And within 30 days, a quarter of a million came in. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, amazing. Then there are one million mainland Chinese working in Africa. Okay. There are uh, 80,000 in Lusaka. There's 20,000 in Monza. And so we started these broadcasts one hour a day in Mandarin Chinese. Oh, wow. And this young girl, she has her master's degree. She's from our church in Taiwan. In fact, the Taiwanese are coming to Canada, the whole team, later this month. And hopefully they may visit you on a Sunday morning. Yes. Yeah. And, you know. So anyways, she edits all the pro programming one hour a day in the Mandarin language. And we're now in Zambia, Rwanda, Tanzania, and Kenya, broadcasting an hour, seven days a week, the gospel. It's an amazing story. And this is the girl that God used to bring it all together. Amen. Um, I, I would like uh, Brother Lee to meet her, but he's already taken. Most people sing, here comes the bride, but when I see Alec, I sing, here comes the groom. Amen. No, I was not put up to it. <laughs> okay. uh, is, what's the next, brother? Oh, we'll hold that till the end. Amen. What am I saying this morning is that God uses people. Yes. Uh, did anybody have a birthday last week? Stand up, dear. Did they, is anybody going to have a birthday next week? Anybody else? Wonderful. Uh, Alec, go in my bag. This. How many do I have? Is that all? Okay. Give, did I give you one before when you were in Calgary? Alec, you give it to Sadie. And that gentleman over there, you give it to him. This is an interesting story. This guy's 91.
She had given me $10,000 a month for Christmas for the last three years. Wow, praise the Lord. That's the book for that man over there. <laughs> now, the reason is, you're welcome. This is the, the, the original edition sold 80,000 copies of that book. And that's on our ministry in Mexico. I, no. Sorry, I got to stay behind the mic. I have a hundred. I have a hundred on staff in Mexico, and I told Brother Lee this morning over breakfast that he needs to go down there for his honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> and he did not say amen. Anyways, folks, I have good news for you. You take a step of faith. That's right. We have, 50 years ago, we started this ministry in Mexico, and everybody said it couldn't be done. Yeah. But with God, all things are possible. Yeah. And now, we're just in the process of purchasing a three-story school where Alex Carr is parked, would be the United States, and we're in Tijuana, Mexico. And we're feeding 3,000 children a day in the garbage dump in Tijuana. It can be done. Amen. Amen. And in that book that our brother got, it tells about my three big missionary projects in India, in Israel, and in Ghana. Just finished building a big radio station in Ghana. You say, where do you get the money? From God's people. Amen. They take a step of faith with me. Yes. And God honors. What I want to say is, pilgrims, stay encouraged. God has a plan for this church yes. that you have not entered into yet. Yes. Amen. But we must have unity, yes. and we have to go forward uh -huh. to see everything accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, we need to go to the word of the Lord. Amen. And the pastor read my text this morning. <laughs> so that means we're on. We're on track. That's right. Yes, it's page 180 in my Bible. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Sorry, folks. John's Gospel, Chapter 20. You know, this old world has had some wonderful and glorious days. Yes. I remember VE Day. Uh, that's the day I had my first piano lesson. <laughs> I don't have to recount them all now. I remember another glorious day for me was preaching in Manila, Philippines to over a million people in one service in the Ermita Grandstand. There were 2,000 in the choir. The music was absolutely great. And what did we sing? We sang, boo hi, boo hi, alive, alive, alive forevermore. My Jesus is alive, alive forevermore. Boo hi, boo hi, boo hi forevermore. My Jesus is alive forevermore. Sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah, my Jesus is 
Live forevermore, sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah, my Jesus is alive. What was the most glorious day in world history? Not the end of the Korean War, not the end of the First or Second World War, or the French Revolution. The most glorious day was the day when Jesus rose from the dead. On that first Easter, amen. amen. You know, a historian once wrote the story of Jesus' life, and as he finished the book, he left the, uh, the book with Jesus hanging on the cross. He was just saying, that was the end of a dream. That was the end of us. We're glad you made it. <laughs> amen. Her dad and mother used to be on the staff of our church in 19... 75. No, you were still in heaven. The angels hadn't brought you down. <laughs> yeah, you know. But what I'm saying now, Jesus is alive today. Amen. We heard it in a healing testimony this morning. Amen. We rebuke the devil and all his evil works, and we claim the blessings of Abraham Amen. in the name of the Lord. Yes. So what did the resurrection prove? Number one, that Jesus is the Son of God. Yes. Number two, it proved that every claim that Jesus made is right. It's true. Number three, it proved that death could not hold him. And number four, that he had power in heaven and also on earth. And if he had power to break the bonds of death in the grave, he has power to save every person in this room today. Amen. And remember this, there's a resurrection for all of us. Yes. Amen. And uh, so this morning I want to encourage you because it takes a living savior, savior to save us and to comfort us when we're sad. I remember last week I stood by a grave. My main responsibility now in the church, since my son, oldest son is the preaching pastor in Calgary, is to conduct the funerals. I did the funeral of a 97-year-old missionary to Kenya the other week. She went to heaven talking in tongues. Amen. That's right. You know, when you're sad, there's comfort for each and every one of us. When you're weak, there's strength from God above to minister your need. And when our time comes, should Jesus tarry, he'll take us to heaven to when we die, and we'll bypass purgatory yes. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We have him. Yes. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. You know, uh, I took over a Roman Catholic hospital in Ro northern Alberta. And every room had a crucifix on the wall. We, t we were turning it into a uh, drug center in northeastern Alberta uh, to get kids off drugs. And uh, every room had a crucifix with a dead Christ on it. And then when I was in Mexico recently, I visited a Roman Catholic church. And there they had a dead Christ inside a glass casket, so to speak. Uh, hanging, helpless, with his head hanging down over the altar. I can tell you that's not a true picture, picture of Jesus. Right. 
Jesus is alive. Amen. He'll never leave us. Amen. I serve a living Savior. He's in the world. I know that I can. And there was silence in heaven for the space of a half hour. Amen. All along the way. That's right, because Jesus lives. I shall live also. Now back to our text in chapter 20 of John's Gospel. And near the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. And in that garden was a new tomb. And it was hewn out of the rock. And it was not a, like a grave such as we have today. But it was a rock wall. You've been to Israel. You've seen the, the, the place. A small room that was cut out of the wall. And there Jesus was buried, you know. And then they put a large stone in front so that it could be rolled into place over the opening like a sliding door is in a house. And the tomb belonged to a very wealthy man. His name was not Jimmy Patterson. <laughs> it was Joseph of Arimathea. Amen. And he and his friend Nicodemus, they came and they prepared the Jesus body for burial. And you'll notice in the chapter that they did it according to the custom of that day. And what was the custom? First of all, they placed 100 pounds of spices in, in yards and yards of linen cloth. And then they would wrap the cloth securely around a body. You see, prophecy in the Old Testament tells us that when Jesus would make his grave, it was even though he was born in poverty, he was placed in the grave with the wealthy, the rich. Amen. And here we have prophecy minutely fulfilled. And what a contrast to the birth of Jesus. He was born in poverty. He was born in a stable. He was born in obscurity, so to speak. And now he's buried in the rock tomb of a wealthy individual, a prominent man in that community. And everything that followed his birth was filled with humiliation. But everything that followed his resurrection was power and great glory. Amen. Amen. And so you'll notice the hours dragged by in this chapter as Jesus was lying in the tomb. And our friends, like many Christians, were languishing in despair. They were about to backslide, you understand? All the light had gone out of the sky for them, so to speak. They didn't have any hope in their hearts. Jesus was dead. All their dreams were gone. So what was going to happen? Then, on the first day of the week, Jesus was going to rise again. And their hopes and their dreams are going to be reborn. <clears throat> I want to encourage you this morning. You may be here with a toothache in your heart. You may be suffering physically from a sickness that no one in, else in this room knows about. But the power of the gospel can change your situation. Right. You take a step of faith. And so... It was still dark when we read that Mary Magdalene 
and two other women made their way to the tomb. Probably they were like some of us. They wouldn't have been able to sleep that night, so emotionally upset over what had happened. And they brought sweet spices to anoint the body of Jesus. Maybe they missed the opportunity when he was buried. And they were hoping that someone would be there to help roll away that huge stone. But they found it was already rolled away. And, of course, the Bible tells us here that Mary Magdalene was the first. And she was greatly frightened. So she left the other two women and she went to find Peter and John. And she poured out the news to them. They've taken away our Lord, and we don't know where they've laid him. And they didn't dream that Jesus had risen through his own power. They forgot about his promise to do so. They thought his enemies had stolen his body. And can you imagine that feeling? Terrible. And Mary hadn't gone in, and she, and she ran as fast as she could when she saw the stone was removed to the disciples without ever going in. But the other women, they walked in, and who met them? Two angels, one at the head and one at the foot. And the angel said, don't be afraid. You're looking for Jesus, but he's not here. He's risen, as he said he would. Now you go and tell his disciples. And so they did, to tell the glorious news. And Peter and John were upset when Mary told them that the body had been stolen. And they ran to the tomb. And of course, John being the younger, he surpassed Peter in the race. And he got in there first, but he didn't go in. He waited for Peter to arrive. And of course, he, he was an Irishman. He was very impulsive. <laughs> and so what happened? They found the gravestone, the grave clothes laying there in a heap. And you see the difference in personalities. And this is very important in a local church. Peter and John were very different from each other, you know. And yet, they loved the Lord Jesus with all of their hearts. And you know, you may have someone in this church that doesn't see theologically the way you do, but that doesn't mean to say they're not devote Christians. That's right. There's a, you know, God has a plan for every life, and I want to encourage you in that regard. And as you know, the tomb belonged to Joseph, of Arimathea, and some people in church are like Peter, some people in church are like Paul. You know, I've, I've had the privilege of pastoring the same congregation for over 70 years. I started as a teenager with my father. Now my oldest son is the preaching pastor. So we have John the father, John the son, that's me, and John the holy terror. <laughs> But we all love Jesus with sincerity. And we believe that God has a plan for every one of us. So John, John went and he followed Peter into the tomb. And what did they find? Just the grave clothes lying there. Yeah. 
So they knew that the body of Jesus was gone. Now, according to tradition at that time, they always covered a corpse with a napkin, a linen napkin. And it was done here, you'll notice in this chapter, with Jesus also. And there they found the napkin so nicely, neatly folded and put in place by itself. And what did that prove? Simply this. There had to be no haste because Jesus just calmly laid aside those grave clothes and he put on his resurrection garments, shall we say, and quietly left the tomb. And then the revelation hit them very suddenly that Jesus' body had not been stolen. He had risen from the dead. And somewhere he was out there in the world intensely alive and waiting to meet every one of them. And so what did they do? They turned around and went home. They didn't run this time. They walked and talked about the glorious things that have happened. You know, today the world needs a risen Savior. The world today needs a living Lord that can save men to influence our world and to change the stream of human history. And one day he's coming back, not to hang on a cross, but to reign as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords forever. You know, every time I hear anyone sing the song, It's Well With My Soul, I'm reminded of how that that story was originally founded, how that H.G. Stafford, who was a very prominent businessman in Chicago, he was a real Christian. But because of the economy, he ran into some very serious financial reverses. And during the time of readjustment, he lost his home. And so what did he do? He sent his wife and four little daughters on a ship to France to stay with uh, friends in France until uh, things improved for him. And we all know that in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean that that French steamer collided with another uh, ship and it sank within 12 months, uh, sorry, 12 minutes. And as a result, 230 people lost their lives in a 12-minute period. And the four daughters drowned. The mother was rescued. And as soon as she got to France, she sent her husband a wire. And she said, saved alone. What shall I do? And Stafford was really overcome with grief. He'd lost his property. It had been foreclosed on him. He lost his four daughters, and his wife was so upset because of personal grief. And it was in that hour that he sat down and wrote the song, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it's well, it's well with my soul. You know, it takes a living Christ for people to feel that way. We got lots of stress in the world today, even in the independent Republic of Alberta. (laughs) But not as bad as BC. (laughs) 
That stands for before Christ. <laughs> we have people speak of fear. You know, some tragedy is going to happen soon. You know, someone may come, our friends, with the bombs and blow us off the face of the earth. But all this shouldn't worry us because we have a living Savior. And heaven has an added attraction. And God has a plan for each and every one of our lives. So you'll notice here that when Peter and John left the tomb, that Mary Magdalene, she lingered. You know, uh, emotionally, women usually express their emotions easier than men do. And, uh, and so she stayed behind and she gave vent to her tears. And that love was rewarded because she was the first person to see and to talk with our risen Lord Jesus. And, you know, some people in our church are like Peter and some people are like John, but all of us have a place in God's kingdom. Amen. And we need to enjoy the witness of the Holy Spirit in every one of our hearts. <clears throat> Um, I believe in altar calls. Uh, more than that, I believe that people should be water baptized immediately. They don't go to in a catechism class for six months. Didn't even get an amen on that one. <laughs> you know, this fellow accepted Jesus and he... He was water baptized in the local church. He prayed the Bi daily. He read the Bible regularly. He came to every church service. But something happened in his life, and he ceased to pray. He ceased to read the Bible or to attend church. In other words, we would say, those of us who may be of the Armenian persuasion, that he went back into the world. Do you think that Jesus was a living reality to him? No, of course not. He was just a poor backslider. But let me tell you, if you're a backslider here this morning, you're missing the greatest joy that could ever happen to you in this world. Amen. Amen. And you need to come back to the spot where you lost it. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. In Jesus' name. And God has a plan for you. Amen. He wants to forgive you of your past. He wants to bless you. So if you're in that situation this morning, turn your back on the things of this earth. Maintain the upward look. Because God has more of his greatness to give to you. And as Mary looked into the tomb and she saw those two angels sitting there, one at the front, one at the bottom. And Jesus, the very spot where Jesus had lain. And my friend, I want to encourage you today. This is a time for action. You're saying, what do you mean by that? Mary was brokenhearted, but Jesus soon changed that. And so I encourage you today. You know, the greatest, even in local churches, Two-thirds of all individuals living in British Columbia 
fear, have some fear in life that something's going to happen to them. Now, there's only one kind of fear that you should have, and that's the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. You need to maintain faith in God. Symptoms and circumstances are not going to rule you. The word of the Lord is going to rule you. Amen. Because God is always near. Do you remember in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, Jacob misplaced his faith when he thought that Joseph was dead. And he cried out and he said, all things have come against me. And yet he lived to see Joseph well, prosperous, and thankful for all that God had happened. So I want you this morning to turn away from your fears and your worries, your anxieties, and look to Jesus. He is just as close to you as he was to Mary. And Jesus spoke that one word, Mary, and no one else could have spoken with that tone of voice that he used. And her eyes were opened. The Savior was not dead. He was alive. And what did she do? She fell down at his feet, and she cried, Master. Now she was happy. Her heart was full. Her tears were washed away. And no one can change your life like the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so Mary was filled with joy. And what did Jesus say? Now don't touch me now. I'm not yet ascended to my father. And later on, he allowed other women to embrace his feet. So the question is, why would he not allow Mary to have the privilege of touching him? Well, the reason was she must forget his humanity and recognize only his divinity. Maybe Jesus was saying this, I haven't ascended to my father yet. I won't for 40 days. There'll be plenty of time for seeing and touching and hearing and conferring. So don't waste any time doing that. Go and tell my disciples that Jesus is alive. And that's our responsibility. In Jesus' name, there are thousands of people today who have the joy of the Lord even in countries of um, persecution. For example, my Sunday broadcast is now being heard in Baghdad, Iraq. And there are five million English speakers in that uh, that, uh, city. I also broadcast in Bethlehem to the Palestinians and up in Nazareth for those of us of, of Israeli extraction, it's called, they said, how do you do it? Take a step of faith. And God will honor you. What God has helped us to do in 19 stations in Africa, he can use you for a distinct ministry that you haven't even comprehended yet. Amen. Amen. That's the truth. And so, like as a father pitieth his children, So the Lord pitieth them that fear him. And God has a plan for you today. Because Jesus never changes. I read in True Story magazine called The Bible that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, everything in here is the truth. You know that. Amen. That's right. 
And so the, to the sinner, he says, Come, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Amen. And if you're a backslider this morning, God says, return to me and I'll return unto you. Because when we sin, he will forgive us. God is more willing to forgive than we are to receive. And so we can sing, he has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Some of you may have read the story of Ian McLaren, uh, which he wrote in his book about a Scottish girl who was raised in a Christian home, and, but she ran away from home. And she became a prostitute, and she fell into sin. And her father was so saintly, he was a hard and unforgiving man. You know, many Christians are like that, you know. And what was the result? Her mother passed away. Her father even went so far to have her name taken off the church roll of Celebration Life Church. And finally, the word got through to her dad that she was sorry for her lifestyle. And she wanted to come home. But her father, like some Christians, was still very bitter. And he declared, I'll never have her back. She's out of here. She's evil. And then another influence called the Holy Spirit came and softened his heart. And he finally agreed that his daughter could come home. And so late one afternoon, she arrived at her old home, and she had dinner with her dad and slept in her old bedroom where she grew up. And the next day, she was talking to a person who asked her how her dad had received her. And she said, in the Gaelic tongue, there are 50 words, 50 different words in Gaelic which mean darling or loved one. And she said, last night, my dad used every one of them in talking to me. I want to tell you today in closing that Christ is greater in his love than any father could be. Yes. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your own personal savior, you need to yes. procrastinate no longer because you never know when the Lord is going to return, and you do not want to be left behind. And if you have any unfinished business with God this morning, I want to encourage you to return to the Lord so that he can put his arms around you and love you and forgive you. And the joy that came to Mary can be your joy today if you just fall at the feet of our blessed Savior and you give your heart and life to him. You say, well, I'm looking for something to do. I'm uncertain about my future. I don't know what God wants me to do. Do you know something? God has a plan for your life. When I was growing up many years ago, over 80 to be exact, we had a very dear preacher friend in our home. His name was Ernie Wicks. He was the most godly man you would ever want to meet. He lived in Belleville, Ontario. They had a church in the home. They couldn't afford a building, so they used the dining room in his home for church. He never had more than 20 people all the years he served there.
when my brother-in-law was kicked by a horse as a five-year-old and lost his kidney and was not expected to live. In fact, he's still alive and pastoring now at 85 years of age in New Brunswick. It was Ernie Wicks that came to the hospital bedside and anointed him with oil in the name of the Lord, and my brother-in-law was healed. He was a godly man. When he went down the street, people revered him. He only had 20 people in his church, but he was a godly man. Sometime later, in the Bible school in Toronto, there were two students. One of them walked with canes, and the other walked with crutches. They graduated from Bible school, and no church would have them. So they finally ended up in Belleville, Ontario. They had 20 people. What's the first thing they did? They put a huge sign over the house. A signless gospel is a spineless gospel. No dead letter here. Jesus is alive. And they started to hold their own campaign. First of all, they both got healed. Amen. Yeah, now some of you may know them. It's Lori Price and Hope Smith. Any of you remember those men? No, they're both in heaven now. So they got a tent and put it by the highway and they started to hold revival meetings. And God blessed them. And they built a church. And then they built a second church. And I had the privilege of speaking in their third church that seats a thousand in a city of 30,000 people. They took a step of faith and God healed them. Ernie, so I said to Lori Price one day, I said, what's the secret to your success here in Belleville? He says, it wasn't ours, us. He says, it was our predecessor. He says, Ernie Wicks was such a godly man. When he left town, all his bills were paid. When he walked down the street, even the most godless people revered him because of his godliness. He said, the secret of our success was due to our predecessor. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at